the latest episode of the Odds On Podcast, your home of football and sports betting. My name's Dan Tracy and for the next 45 minutes I'm joined by two top guests as we dissect all the numbers, look for the value and find those long shots before this weekend's football action. As I say, it's not just me on the show today, so before we start waxing lyrical about wagers, let's get the introductions out of the way. First up, I'm joined by Craig Jones. Craig, it's a pleasure to have you on the show once again and I hope all is well. Hello, Dan. Yeah, all good. My end. Um, ready for one last sort of footballing push as, as England takes centre stage for the next few days. Um, good end to the sort of club football season. We've had two British, uh, English winners of the two European competitions. West Ham winning the Conference League and then Manchester City finally getting their hands on the Champions League trophy. Um, internationals for us now with plenty of stuff lined up about them. And uh, eventually we will get to a point where there's no football. We're not quite there, though, listeners. We've got this and maybe another show to go next week where we kind of wrap everything up in a neat bow. But that means last but certainly not least is Jamie Brown. Jamie, how have you been this past seven days? Yeah, good. Thank you, Dan. Obviously, watching the Champions League final, unfortunately, it was a slightly underwhelming game at the end. Obviously, ending 1-0 Man City. But look, massive achievement from them um, to kind of complete the treble. Um, but look, as we said, looking ahead to England now, it's just nice to kind of have an England team now that you're quite proud to support and, and looking forward to supporting. It's been a long time since you know I've been excited to watch England again. Um, obviously, during the World Cup, I think we did very well. Um, and yeah, it's just a team, as I said, you can be proud of now. And um, even these smaller games, I'm, I'm looking forward to. So uh, yeah, it should be good. It should indeed. So that's all the intros out of the way. Let's get down to business. And of course, before we start, wherever you bet, check first with freebets.com your best place for offers, tips and insights. And from a social media point of view, if you're placing any bets this weekend, let us know via the odds on podcast hashtag and who knows, we may be discussing your winners on next week's show. Okay then, where should we start first? Let's go to this week's Nations League final as four teams will be duking it out over the next few days to win the latest edition of this tournament. Wednesday night sees the Netherlands take on Croatia. It's the hosts versus the debutants at this stage. Now, Craig, is home advantage going to come good in 90 minutes, odds of 19 to 20? Yeah, I'm running the risk here of sort of repeating a line that I mentioned a few times in the World Cup and got burnt by on every occasion. But I do like the Netherlands here. And I thought what we saw from them at the World Cup was good. Whereas Croatia (laughs) and those ageing legs, maybe. um, (laughs) You know, I, I just get the feeling that they're two very even teams. I think home advantage gives the Netherlands a slight edge. And I think the fact that this comes at the end of a very long season that's been prolonged more than ever because of the World Cup gives them another edge. Um, I just think this is going to be a step too far for Croatia for, for those reasons, really. I think the Netherlands, what I thought about the, their World Cup side is they've got plenty of experience in there, but they've got reasons to believe and, and promise coming through and, and players. And, and Cody Gakpo is a, a player who's sort of finished the season well at Liverpool after finding his feet in the Premier League. And I just think there's two or three of that, that sort of type of player in this Netherlands team that can maybe take them to an, another level, whereas I, I'm not sure that Croatia can even play at their regular level um, at the end of this long season. Now, Jamie, we all know about the potential prowess of Croatia. We also know about the raging legs, as Craig just says. So they did make it all the way to the World mm-hmm. Cup semis just six months ago. What do you make of their own chances in 90 minutes tonight? Odds of 13 to 5. 
Yeah, do you know what? I've got pretty much the same notes as Craig here for, for this one. I, I do fancy Netherlands um, over Croatia here. Um, their recent form, Croatia, has been a bit off. Um, I mean, if you exclude penalties, obviously a bit harsh to do that. It is only three wins in the last nine matches, um, obviously, in, in normal time or extra time. Um, meanwhile, as uh, you look at their, their last two matches, both Euro qualifiers, uh, they drew it home to Wales. Um, they did beat Turkey, but as I said, I'm just not entirely convinced by the, their recent form. Um, the Netherlands, meanwhile, yes, they always had a somewhat easy group and then they had a nice round of 16 tie against the USA. But um, I thought in the World Cup, they looked really impressive. And, you know, again, as Craig mentioned, I've, I've just been impressed by a lot of some of their up-and-coming players. Um, Cody Gakpo is a guy I might touch on in a, a little bit. He's a guy who I think will step up for them. Um, and, yeah, I, I just think that this is a this is obviously going to be quite a close one to call between two pretty decent teams. But, obviously, considering that it's um, home advantage for the Netherlands and uh, I think their team, I do fancy their form a bit better than Croatia. So, uh, I'm going to go for Netherlands here. OK, then, Craig, if you're looking at this game from a half-time, full-time point of view, how do you see events panning out on Wednesday evening? Yeah, I'm going to go with a, a draw at half-time and, and then the Netherlands to win this full-time. It's available at 15-4, to 4, which I think is a fair price. And I would say it's, you know, it's foolish to sort of completely write off Croatia. And I, I don't think they'll win this game, but I do think that they'll be able to keep things tight and frustrate. Um, I know Jamie's just mentioned their sort of record of winning games is enhanced by penalties, but... Sort of the other side of that is that they've got an ability to to keep things very tight, and yeah, they might need penalties to win, but they're not getting beat. Um, so I do think they're going to keep it tight for for a fair while. But I just think that maybe after the hour mark, the Netherlands are going to ultimately sort of take charge of this and uh, and go ahead and win it. So yeah, it'd be a, a draw at half time and the Netherlands at full time for me. Okay, and Jamie, you might have just alluded to who you are going to pick, but I'll ask you anyway. If you're looking for the anytime goal scorer market before this evening match between Netherlands and Croatia. What players catching your eye at present? Yeah, I mean, obviously the the big news is that no Memphis Depay for for Netherlands in this round of games. But as we said, the Netherlands still got some very reliable options here. Um, as I said, I'm going to go for Cody Gakpo here. Obviously, had a strong end to the season. Looked really impressive for Liverpool. Um, had a good World Cup as well. We started in all five matches for for the Netherlands. Scored three times, and uh, I'm going to back him to do the same here at twelve to five. OK, then we cannot forget the second semi-final, which takes place on Thursday, that being Spain and Italy going head-to-head. So Spain were recently well beaten by Scotland at Hampden Park in the Euro 24 qualifiers. Now, Craig, at 5-4, to four, are they worth any value when it comes to a win in 90 minutes? Um, yeah, I'm not, I'll, I'll say I'm not really 100% sort of behind any side here, but Spain is where I've landed um, just. I, I just get the feeling that with this Spain side, there's maybe more chance of them taking the next step forward relatively soon rather than there is this Italian side pulling a result out the bag. Um, the, I don't think this Italian team is a very good one. I think go back to sort of when England played them in the Euro 2020 final, I, I don't think they were a good side then. Um, you can say the same about Spain. You know, you can, you can probably say the same about Spain. But what I feel is that, that Spain have maybe got that bit more sort of young talent coming through. And, and eventually, I will fancy that maybe say in a couple of years' time, Spain will, will be the better side. Um, whether they do that now, sort of, I, I don't know really. I, I think based on what we saw at the World Cup from Spain, they're not quite ready. But when you look at the two, I'll sort of take a chance that maybe they are a little bit more ready now. And um, I don't actually think they're going to have to be anything overly special to beat Italy. It's a very close game. Probably to, the reason, main reason maybe why it's so close is because neither team are as, as good as what they should be and what we come to expect from 
from these two big footballing nations. Um, but I'm just going to edge it with Spain, but, but very, very close. OK, and Jamie, we must remember that Italy were in the World Cup wilderness just six months ago. But Roberto Mancini's men are going to look to end the season on a far more positive note. The price is the outsiders in this match at 90 minutes. That's 12-5 to 5 to win. Is that a price that tempts you at all? Mm, yeah, I mean, not not particularly. I think this is a, it's going to be a tricky one to call because we said that these are two pretty poor teams at the moment. I mean, both both Spain and Italy, you look at their squads and they're just not quite that quality there. And uh, I know Spain have obviously got new management as well. Didn't get off to the best start. Obviously, they suffered that defeat against Scotland in their last outing. So that was obviously difficult. I think since the World Cup, they look like they have got even worse. So, you know, that is obviously a bit of a concern for them. Um, Italy, meanwhile, um, I think obviously they lost their big test against England back in March. And uh, yeah, again, you, you look, just look at that Italian squad and I think it's it's pretty underwhelming. So, yeah, I think, I think it's been a case where both teams, they're kind of struggling for a bit of quality, struggling to kind of score goals. I think we have seen that from both these two teams recently. So I actually think this is one that will go all the way um, just because there might be a lack of goals. And uh, I'm, I'm going to go for this to be decided on spot kicks um, at four to one. You do like the penalty market as of late. It's come good for you, though, so we mustn't forget that. But, Craig, we cannot also forget the fact that Spain are lacking a talisman, really. We noticed that during the World Cup. They've got very neat, intricate players, but lacking that real cutting edge. You add that to Italy and the cliche of them being known for defensive football. With that in mind, does under 2.5 total goals at odds of 8 to 13 sound of interest to you? Uh, yeah, it definitely does. And I think if, if you're struggling to pick a winner, which so, despite me just picking Spain there, I, I am struggling to pick a winner. Um, goals is where you need to be looking at this game, but it's not goals. It's, it's a lack of goals. Um, both sides struggling. They're both comfortable with a sort of a tight and defensive approach. And both will sort of, I think, when they look at the key areas to focus on in the games... We'll probably put limiting chances for the opposition, either top or very close to the top of their list of things to do. Um, I'd take the under 2.5 for certain if, if you're having a, any kind of hacker or whatever over the next few days. But I would also go a step further and go with the under 1.5 market as well, which is 7-4 to four and, and a better price if you're looking for a single. Um, I think sort of my gut tells me that Spain nick this 1-0. But a nil-nil draw, an extra time and maybe penalties, as Jamie's sort of alluded to, would be no surprise at all with these two. And I think if you if you look at the other side and you look at Italy, and what are their chances of winning it, then I think you would probably come down on them nicking a goal and winning it 1-0 as well. So I just think that they're all likely scorelines. So um, under 2.5 if you're looking for a, a solid hacker pick or if you fancy a single, I, I like under 1.5 as well at 7-4. to four. Yeah, it's a really good shout, actually. It kind of makes my next question a little redundant, but I'll kind of reframe it anyway, Jamie, because you were going to say, well, you said, sorry, just a moment ago, that you reckon it's going to go the distance. That kind of makes the win-to-nil market. That's scrubbed out. So I can yeah. offer you instead both teams to score odds of even. So that's the one-all draw. That kind of ties into that under 2.5. Is that yeah. something that you might get and then go to penalties? Yeah, I mean, uh, Craig mentioned it it's there about a goalless draw. That was something that I was I was definitely looking at. I just kind of look at the attack of, of both teams and just feel like they, they're kind of missing that quality. Obviously, we saw Spain fail to score against Scotland. Um, and yeah, I think Italy as well. You just look at some of their attacking options and say it's just, just not quite that quality there. And I think that that's what will kind of tell in the end. And, and both teams might struggle to break the other down. So I think this one can, can end as a goalless draw. Um, under 2.5 goals for me, definitely the way to go here. Um, but a goalless draw is 13-2. to two. Right, club season is now finished. We can take a pat on the back for that. But the bet builder attempts keep coming. And this time, we're going to focus on England's trip to Malta at the weekend as we look to construct another winner. So, Craig, as always, I'd like an anytime goal scorer from you, please. 
Yeah, it's, it's very much guesswork for anyone other than Gareth Southgate and his very inner circle as to who on earth is going to play in this this England side from an attacking perspective, at least, on uh, when they play Malta. But I'm going to go in Marcus Rashford, who's 8-13, to 13, so he's very sure to score at any time. Um, I just think that Harry Kane is, is long odds on. I think he's 1-3, to three, so he needs to be sort of left just purely for value. Um, England, they've got an abundance of players who could take the two wide attacking spots. Um, but I just think Rashford's going to get one here as, as a reward for his, his good Manchester United form. But also, if we think back to the World Cup, I, I thought he was excellent for England in the World Cup. And so, really did well attacking from those wide areas and sc- scored us a few good goals. Um, I think he just gets a, a, a chance here because he, he deserves the chance. Uh, and there's question marks over whether a couple of other players will actually be capable of playing, uh, which we'll get to in a minute. So, I think England win this one comfortably. I think they score plenty and, and hopefully Rashford's one who, who gets on the score sheet. A solid start there, Jamie. I like the over-under on the goals, please. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the last couple of weeks, I've been going for a few goals. But this week, I, I can definitely sense it's going to be a lot. I'm going to go for over 2.5. Uh, I think England, they're going to have plenty of firepower here and obviously face a, a multi-side who, you know, you, you should kind of pack them to score plenty against. Six of England's last eight matches have seen over 2.5 goals. So uh, that's where I'm going this time. OK, then I'm going to stay on the goals theme, but I'm going to go with the second half to have the most goals in the match. So when it comes to international mismatches such as these, the objective for the minnow is to simply stay in the game for as much as possible. You know, it's kind of 10 men behind the ball. It's not pretty. It's effective to a certain degree. But even getting to half-time for a team of that size, that being Malta or any other minnow, if you get to half-time level, that can be constru- construed as a win for those destinations. With that being said, I do think England are going to win both halves, but it's not a great deal of value there. So I think they're going to get in their noses in front, but really turn the screw in the second half once Walter begins to wilt after the interval. And therefore, I'm backing more total goals in the second half, odds of 10 to 11. OK, then let's just recap our three picks. Craig's on for Marcus Rashford to score any time. James gone for over 2.5 goals. I've gone for most of those goals in the second half. And this one, it's not big, I'll be honest, but it's probably a winner. It's just two to one, but that's £10 on the betting slip. It's £30 in your back pocket. That'll get some Saturday pints in if it comes good. I hope it gets over the line for you. I hope it gets over the line for us. But let's have a quick chat about the game itself now. Craig, how do you think this England team will look when you consider Man City's exploits in the past few days? Perhaps more off the pitch, though, than on it. Yeah, I think the first thing to say is um, hats off to Jack Grealish (laughs) if he plays any part in this game because I would no doubt be sleeping off his hangover for probably a month. Um, if you get, take a look at the pictures from the uh, the parade that he was at the other day, um, I, I do think it'll be sort of a a mix of a, what you would call a typical Gareth Southgate team, but with no Manchester City players playing uh, or starting at least. And it wouldn't surprise me if Declan Rice also didn't start either, given he played for West Ham just a few days earlier. Um, so yeah, sort of Harry Kane up top, Marcus Rashford, and I, I chose Bukayo Saka as the other forward to sit in behind him. Um, if Declan Rice doesn't play, then we're also without Jude Bellingham out as well. So the midfield is where England really going to give an opportunity to someone. Um, I don't think Gareth Southgate's one to go all out. So I would maybe guess it's something like Jordan Henderson and Conor Gallagher in midfield. Um, defensively, we need someone to replace John Stones. And, and by the way, I've heard there's a petition going round to change his nickname from the Barnsley Beckenbauer to the Barnsley Busquets because of how good he is in midfield nowadays. Um, so, so yeah, I don't think he's going to play either. Uh, so, like Luke Shaw, Kieran Trippier, Harry Maguire and A.N. Other. Um, it's pretty much how I think England will line up. But it's, it is guesswork, really, isn't it? It is indeed. Now, Jamie, we don't want to disrespect Malta, but if you are Gareth Southgate, 
this is an mm. ideal opportunity to mix things up, especially with it being this point of the lengthy season. So do you see chopping and changing here? Maybe out of necessity more than anything else, but will it be mm. much changed? I don't think there will be. I don't think there's, there's kind of too much reason to change it. So I think we will pretty much see kind of a, a full-strength England team against Malta and obviously Ma- North Macedonia as well. Um, but look, it might be a good chance to see some of the younger guys. Um, I'd quite like to see Levi Colwell, obviously a guy who's, who's coming to the squad. You know, massive talent, did very well at Brighton. We'll be interested to see kind of what he does next season. But uh, I think England, certainly at centre-back, that's an area where we need to hopefully bring some of the younger guys coming through. It's been a bit of an area of concern for England. So Colwell might be an interesting one to watch. Mark Gay as well um, would, would be another interesting one. I'd like to see Eze get some minutes as well. For me, I think he's a fantastic player. Um, he's been linked with my team Tottenham. I think that'd be an amazing signing for us. But again, a, another guy who had a really strong end to the season. Um, so maybe some of the younger guys I'd, I'd like to see giving a go if we are kind of having some rotation. But as I said, I, I don't think there's going to be a great deal. And uh, I think we'll see two pretty strong England teams here. Now, Craig, Jamie just mentioned the North Macedonia game on Tuesday as well. So let's be honest, if England do win Friday and Tuesday, that's 12 from 12 in terms of points. They'll be top of Group C. Is that already a massive leap towards Germany in qualification for Euro 2024? Um, yeah, it is. And sort of building on the team, I would say that this is... If the City players are kept out, um, even if Declan Rice does play, then I think this is where Gareth Southgate can sort of work that into a positive. And coming home and um, having sort of Jack Grealish, Phil Foden, John Stones, Kyle Walker, and, and then also maybe Declan Rice coming into the team to freshen things up, I just get the feeling that England are going to go into these two games with two different, slightly different, but two strong teams um, pick up the six points and, like you said, they're well on the way to qualifying then with, with games to spare. Now, Jamie, if we take a very early look at the Euro 2024 outright odds, England are currently 5-1 to one joint favourites. Now, does that sound right to you or is it too early to be staking a claim for international honours? No, it's it strange. I was I was thinking about this uh, a couple of days ago. I was watching, I somehow managed to watch highlights of, of the Euros final, of course, that, that really tough defeat against Italy. Um, but just remembered how close we came. And um, yeah, I think here we, we are now without that one of the favourites for this tournament. Obviously, the last three tournaments, we've done incredibly well. And uh, I think we'll continue to see an upwards, uh, upwards curve here in, in terms of our form. And um, yeah, without that will make us one of the favourites. I think you know, some of the core players are getting even better. I think we're seeing fringe players come into the, come into the floor as well. Um, as I said, in terms of the core players, you look at the likes of John Stones, Jack Grealish, Bellingham and Rice, all players that have really stepped up big time this season. So, you know, a lot of that core is, is continuing to get better. Obviously, they're a young team as well. So, it's, it's brilliant because it's, you know, finally reason to get genuinely excited about this England team. Obviously, we've had some fantastic teams even recently, but just seems to be very much different this time. It's a kind of a group that kind of believes in themselves, got the right attitude, you know, and obviously a lot of people kind of doubt Gareth Southgate's ability, but he's, you know, he's done really well at the last couple of tournaments and just kind of, as I said, built some sort of belief in this team. So, um, yes, I, th- I think we're definitely favourites. Obviously, the, the big issue is um, France and that they look very much like a team who are also a very strong young team as well. Obviously, didn't do so well at the last Euros, but got to the final in the World Cup. They look like they're, they're very much a national team at the back. So, uh, yeah, for me, England without doubt one of the favourites. But uh, France, uh, certainly over the next couple of years, are going to be a team to, to re- really reckon with. 
was it, Craig? I was going to ask you the same question about France. They're 5-1 to one joint favourites as well. So they did fall short at the World Cup hurdle just a few months ago. Are they well-placed to go the distance in Germany? Yeah, I think Jamie's got it spot on. I mean, you know, 12 months is a long time in football and, and many things could happen between now and then. Um, but I just think that if you purely look at the teams right now, the positions that they're in with, with the players in the squad, the youth players that are coming through, the experience they've got of big games, throw all of that together... And I think when you look at the European teams, France and England are the two sides who, who clearly stand above the rest. Um, we've probably not had it for a few years where a couple of European teams have been a fair way in front, but, but I think they are at the minute. Um, you know, in 12 months' time, there's, there's Germany, there's Spain, and maybe even the Netherlands that we spoke about earlier on. They could look better than they do at the moment, but I don't think they would be able to get up to England and France's level in time for Euro 2024. I think if you look at Germany and Spain in particular, they're maybe going to use this as a bit of a sort of a building block towards the 2026 World Cup and continue to sort of bed youth into the team and use it, as like I say, as a bit of a building block towards that. Um, but yeah, I just think England and France are clear now and, and I can't see anyone closing the gap between now and then. I think it would have to take quite big jumps from uh, maybe Germany and Spain and the Netherlands and then England and France both to have like say two or three key players unable to play for uh, for it to be a level playing field between those five. Now, Jamie, this one is steeped more in speculation than anything else, but there is a next England manager market open at the moment. Now, being honest, it's not the greatest list of runners and riders. You kind of look down this and think, "Ooh, there's not many names that fill you with confidence." There is one, perhaps though, Graham Potter. Could he be a decent shout? Or to five to one. Yeah, I mean, firstly, the, the list is is pretty concerning in terms of you know. Potter from Graham Potter, as you said, the, the rest of them, you just cannot see them really being good enough to be England manager. I mean, maybe Frank Lampard, but I mean, kind of considering how he's done <laughs> in his last couple of jobs, I don't think you'd want him anywhere near it at the moment. Um, Graham Potter, I think, would be maybe a good fit. Obviously, did very well at Brighton in terms of improving players and then, of course, fitting them into a really strong system as well. Um, big concern for me about Graham Potter and why maybe I didn't want him at Spurs was you look at his last two teams in terms of Brighton and Chelsea, had real issues in terms of scoring goals. And that seems to be a bit of a, maybe a fundamental issue in, in terms of his setup and his philosophy. So that would be a bit of a concern for me as a, as a manager. But look at as well, we, we know we've got so many good young players coming through. We need a guy who's good at dealing with them. Graham Potter, he has shown that he can do that. So uh could be an interesting one. I'd also be quite surprised if he is available um, by the time that Gareth Southgate's gone. Obviously, you know, he, as I said, he's a top manager. I think a club side will probably look to pick him up. Obviously, he's been linked with Crystal Palace. I think he was linked to France as well with uh, the Nice job as well. So, um, as I said, I'd, I'd be quite interested. I'd be quite surprised if uh, he was available by the time that Gareth Southgate's gone. Because um, I said, I think it'd be another job. But uh, yes, if you, if you look past him, it's, uh, it's quite concerning. Yeah, it's always a difficult market to try and nail, really, because you you are sort of relying on managers being either out of work or ready to take that right step at that time, really. If you kind of guess it now, it's an almost impossible task, really, because who's to say where Graham Potter's going to be? I doubt, as you say, Jamie, he's going to be out of a job in, I don't know, a year's time or maybe more. It's kind of difficult to read, but that's where the value is there. But also, there's value in our correct score picks because, once again, I want that correct score bet from you both. It doesn't matter where it is in the world. I just want the outcome spot on. So, Craig, you're up first. What have you got for me? Yeah, I'm focusing on the England game um, when they play Malta. I think the way to get any value from this game is to add in a Malta goal 
Um, it might seem a little far-fetched, but I think England's going to be without a few names here, and I think they're going to make a lot of second-half substitutions to to give certain players a chance and, and to keep things fresh because they are playing again on Tuesday. So it's maybe not as quite as unrealistic as what the bookmakers are suggesting. So in just purely for value, and with all of that in mind, I'm going to go with an England 5-1 victory, which is available at 20-1. to England to comfortably win, but Malta to sneak one somewhere along the line. OK, then, Jamie, you're up next. What correct score are you hoping for this weekend? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've gone for one. I wanted to go even bigger, but I think I'm going to be a bit more realistic. I'm going to go for the France-Gibraltar game. Uh, I'm going to go for a 6-0 win uh, for France. Uh, you can get that at 11-2. to um, uh, France actually defeated Netherlands 4-0 in their last match, so a big win there. Very impressive. The Netherlands themselves defeated Gibraltar 3-0, so uh, I think this could be a big win here for France, and I'm going to go for 6 uh, at 11-2. to yeah, I think that's quite a conservative pick, to be honest. I mean, what, France are 1 to 150 on to win that match, so it could be, and I'm not trying to um, downplay Gibraltar's efforts, but it could be 9 or 10, really, Jamie. So we'll see where they go with 6, but it could be a big one. Brace yourself. But anyway, check out freebets.com for the best insight and betting tips ahead of this weekend. Right, let's focus on some more Euro 2024 topics now as we focus on British and Irish qualification interest. First up, it's Greece versus the Republic of Ireland. The boys in green have certainly been a work in progress under Stephen Kenny, but Craig, would you be bold enough to back the away win or to 13-5? to um, No, I wouldn't, Dan. It'd be the draw that I go for here. Um, purely sort of based on the fact that I don't think either side are actually good enough to go out and win this. Um, I think Greece is certainly beatable, but maybe Ireland have not quite got that quality that they need just yet to go out and do it. Um, I would also say that I think if we've got sort of 20 minutes left in this game and things are tied up, wouldn't surprise me at all if Ireland shut up shop and be more than happy to go on with a point. Um, so, yeah, 21 to 10 is the draw, and that's where I'd be heading in this one. OK, then, Jamie. It does seem as if Ireland are managing to cultivate some exciting young forwards, names such as Adam Ida, Troy Parrott, Evan Ferguson. Do you reckon either of those can play a part in the game being over 2.5 total goals, odds of 7 to 5? Yeah, I mean, an interesting one, this. Um, four of the last six matches for Ireland, they've, they've seen over 2.5 goals. Ireland have scored 11 times in the last six matches as well. So they, they are scoring lots. They put three past Scotland, three past Armenia and three past Latvia. So a team that are scoring a lot of goals at the moment. Um, however, they do face a Greek side who have lost just once in the last eight matches. Um, during that run, they've kept six clean sheets. So quite impressive defensively. Um, at the moment, um, then you look at Ireland themselves. They only lost one 0 to France um, in their last outing. So, two strong defensive sides here, and I think that that's how it's going to play out. I did say that Ireland they have scored, been scoring lots of goals, and as you mentioned there, some some exciting young attacking talent. But uh, I'm going to go in the opposite direction. I'm going to go for under 2.5. And uh, like Craig, I do like the draw. So uh, if you combine those two, uh, you can get 13 to five. That is a solid shout, actually. But let's focus on Northern Ireland's trip to Denmark next. And the Green-White Army look up against it. There's no doubt about that. It's 10-1 to 1 for the away win. So, Craig, whether you're going to back that or not, I don't know. But what's a bet that you can offer the listeners, which offers a bit more value before Friday? Yeah, I think this is going to be a comfortable game for Denmark, actually. And I'm going to back them to win to nil at 5-6. to six. Um, I just look at this Northern Ireland side, and the thing that strikes me is, I just wonder where the goal's going to come from. Um, Dion Charles is probably the most likely Ultimately, at the end of the day, without sort of disrespecting him too much, he's a League One striker, um, and League One's way way below sort of where Denmark are. I still think this Denmark team's maybe slightly underrated, despite playing fairly well in the last couple of, of major tournaments. Um, I just think it's going to be a, a comfortable d- game for them. I think they're going to win this with ease, and I also think they're going to keep a clean sheet. So yeah, Denmark to nil at five to six for me. 
Now, Jamie, if you're looking at this game from an anytime goal scorer point of view, a Danish star looks the better shout. But which player would take mm-hmm. your fancy before kickoff? Yeah, there's uh, definitely a clear name here, and it's Rasmus Hoyland, um, a guy who's who's doing very well in Italy. He's obviously been linked with some major clubs in Europe. Manchester United look like a side who are chasing him. Um, he's only evens to score any time, um, but he's already netted five times in four appearances for the national team. He scored a brace in his last outing, and as I said, he's had a fantastic breakthrough season at Atalanta. Um, I'm actually going to go in terms of maybe a better value pick and go for him to score first at 10 to 3. I said he's just on fire at the moment. He's, he's made a really good start to life in, in the national team for Denmark. Um, and so I'm going to go for him to score first at 10 to 3. Okay, then next up, we go to a pivotal clash between Norway and Scotland. So Steve Clark's men have a five point gap over their upcoming hosts. Now, Craig, would a draw at 5 to 2 be the way forward, or do you reckon the Scots will go for the jugular in this one? Uh, well, I, I do think that Scotland would be absolutely thrilled to take a point from it, but I do also think that this game sort of hinges on. Erling Haaland, um, we've already spoke about how the Manchester City players could well get left out of England's game, um, but Haaland will be expected to play here. He'll be expected to play the full game, and the talk is that, that he'll be ready. Um, so, so you have to assume he's going to start and, and play here. Um, obviously, if he does, he adds a completely different dimension to this Norway team, but I just see that if he is in there, it's not, not just him, it's the fact that he can link up with Martin Odegaard, who's, who's been excellent for Arsenal this year, um, I, I just think that both of those together are just going to have Norway's going to have too much and, and sort of outscore Scotland. And Scotland's in a funny position because, yeah, they, they've got sort of ways that they can attack, but at the same time, they would love a draw from this. So it wouldn't surprise me if they get caught up knowing what to actually do a little bit here. Um, I just think Norway's going to be slightly too strong. Uh, Haaland is going to get involved and he's going to score. So it's a Norway win for me at 19 to 20. Okay, and Jamie, let's focus on Erling Haaland now then, because Blanks in both the FA Cup and Champions League finals recently, he's 10 to 11 to find the net against the Scots at the weekend. Would you be backing him to return to the score sheet against Steve Clark's men? Yeah, I mean, look, he, he makes a very big difference. I mean, regardless of say what an unbelievable player. Um, the last two matches, they were without him and they failed to, to win either of them. Um, so he, he's going to play a big factor. Um, obviously, they might choose to rest him because obviously they've got another good option in Alexander Soloff, um, who's, who's another very good striker as well. Um, so obviously, it'll be interesting to see whether Haaland does play. Um, like Craig, I'm going to assume he will play. Um, and uh, I actually I do think he will score. I mean, he's got a fantastic record recently for them. Um, his last eight appearances, he scored nine goals. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna back him to to get on the score sheet. Do face a, a tricky Scotland side though. We'll have to say that. Um, obviously, they have one. They're 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 opening two matches um, in qualifying. So uh, this could be an interesting one. But uh, I think the the biggest deciding factor, of course, is going to be whether Haaland plays. And uh, yeah, I do really like their chances if he does. But let's go to Friday night again as well as host to Armenia. Craig, it's just two to five for the Welsh home win. They've got four points from six, one of those being a away draw in Croatia. So you look at this game as a kind of a home win would boost their chances of qualification. And what is a, a tough group post bail and all of that? So is it a safe bet for you in terms of a weekend international acker? Yeah, it is. I really like Wales to win this one here. Um, I just feel that they've got that bit of quality that Armenia haven't. And, and when I talk about quality with Wales, I do think that they're one of the nations that I always watch and I genuinely believe that their players step up and play play better for Wales than, than what they do for their, their domestic clubs, which is not always the case. Um, I just look at this Wales team and, and what I'm expecting to see up front and I think Kiefer Moore's going to play on his own as the big man. 
They're going to have Brennan Johnson running off, who's been excellent in his first season in the Premier League this year. Um, and then players, you know, like Harry Wilson and Dan James are going to be involved at some point here. And you would normally never mention them on a weekend of football, but they are players that step up and play well for Wales and, and you can't sort of dispute that. Um, I just think that all of that together gives Wales the, the edge when it comes to scoring. Um, I do think they're going to score and, and they're going to win this. So, yeah, I would be putting Wales as a as a banker acker pick if, uh, if I'm having one this weekend. And Jamie, if it is to be the home win, are you also backing the win to nil odds of six to five? Yeah, I, I think so. I think they should be far too good for Armenia here. And uh, yeah, I, I think Craig's totally spot on there. They, they have players that always seem to step up. Um, Armenia themselves have been really poor recently. They've lost seven of the last nine matches. Uh, meanwhile, Wales, uh, their last outing saw them beat Latvia to nil. Um, so I think they can more than do the same. So uh, yes, I'll be definitely back in a win to nil here. Top shout there. But now it's time for our final bit of business. It's the odds on threefold. We all pick a leg each, we combine it into an acre, we try and go for bets over one to two, but less than evens, and let's see if we can get another winner over the line. So Craig, you're up first, what have you got for me? Yeah, it's a game we've just spoke about, and I'm going to go with Norway to beat Scotland, uh, the price about 19 to 20, so just below evens. And as we sort of mentioned, this game does hinge on Erling Haaland, but I think he's going to play, I think he's going to be expected to play and play the full game, um, unless there's a, an opportunity to, to bring him off near the end because Norway are winning comfortably. I just think that his presence in the team, plus the fact that he's got Martin Odegaard to link up with, is going to cause Scotland way too many problems. Um, Scotland, yeah, they have started qualifying well. We've sort of picked holes in that Spanish team that they've already beaten. Um, this, this Norway team, obviously, not, not absolute superstars themselves, but I just think in terms of killer instinct and quality up front, they've got plenty there. And I think... Scotland maybe slightly in sort of no man's land, not really knowing whether to attack or defend because they would love a draw. I think that's going to catch them out as well. But yeah, it's no way to beat Scotland for me at 19 to 20. Fantastic. And Jamie, what have you got up your sleeve? Yeah, I'm going to go for Hungary to beat Montenegro at 11 to 10. Um, it's been really good run of form for, for Hungary. They've won four of their last five matches. Some of those, I mean, obviously, you go back to maybe last year, they want to obviously beat England 4-0, which is really impressive. They've beaten Germany as well, uh, Estonia and Bulgaria as well in, in, in their start to Euro qualifying. So they've made a really strong start there. And uh, I'm going to back them to beat a Montenegro side at 11-10. to 10. Lovely stuff. I'm off to Copenhagen as Denmark play Northern Ireland. And Michael O'Neill's men drew a blank at home to Finland in their last international outing. And there's no doubt that the Green and White Army just lack genuine firepower. Craig just touched on it a moment ago, but you look through the squad and it's been a constant for years now. Where are the goals in the Northern Irish team? Yes, they are defensively resolute, or they were when they went through that patch of getting to the Euros and that kind of stuff. But you just there's always lacking goals. That's the issue for me. So add that to a Denmark side who are already clear favourites to win this game and earn maximum points in their Euro 2024 qualifier hopes. And I think the cherry on top will be a home win and a clean sheet for the Danes. Odds of 5-6. to six. Right, that brings us to full time, so I just need to do the admin before we wrap up. As mentioned before, if any of these bets take your fancy, make sure to visit the free bets websites. And now, I just need to thank my duo of top guests. Craig, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I hope you enjoyed that one. Yeah, thanks very much, Dan. Uh, looking forward to a, a change of pace and a, a change of direction. International football in the sun over the weekend for me, so yeah, looking forward to it. Indeed, and Jamie, thanks for your time and sharing your betting insights with me. 
Yeah, thanks, Dan. And uh, as I said at the start of the show, just uh, looking forward to England again. Obviously, some exciting players in that squad. Uh, I mentioned looking, I want to see some of the younger guys maybe given a chance as well. Um, we said, obviously, maybe no Man City guys in, in the England team or certainly the lineup. So, uh, should give them a chance to, to see some of them. So, uh, yeah, excited to watch England again. Absolutely. Cheers, guys. And also to the listeners out there. And with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is the Odds On Podcast. And until next time, goodbye. Thank you.